This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. Symbiosin is described as an eco-punk tale of love, grief and a wild reimagination of a world where humans, plants and animals live together symbiotically. So it sounds like a lot to unpack there. So today on the show, I'm joined by Lim Sheng Hui. She's the writer, director and co-producer of the piece. And Emma Martin, she's the production manager and stage manager of Symbiosin. They're going to help us break it down. Welcome ladies, how are you today? Hi, we're good. Nice to hear you all. Lovely to have you both on this show. So first time I'm speaking to the both of you. So we're really excited to get to know more about this place. So Symbiosin, Ecopunk. I think that there's a lot of uh, phrases here that might not be very familiar uh, for, for a lot of folks out there. Uh, and I know that there's a concept behind Symbiosin, right? Uh, would one of you want to explain uh, what that concept's all about and you know what it is that intrigued you about it? Sure. So Symbiosin is a term that is coined by... Uh, this Australian philosopher called Glenn Elbrecht. And it, it, it is a theory of the future of um, a new historical era for us humans where we as humans are reintegrated back into nature. So our, currently we are living in a geological era that is called the Anthropocene, which literally just means, or in a nutshell means that our human activity is causing a lasting impact on our environment. So um, the theory of the symbiocene is that in the future, you know, we should go towards living symbiotically with nature. So I think what intrigued me about this concept is, you know, how, how nice would it be if we, as, you know, our human population, uh, if, we do, if we actually don't center our own interests, right? If we can um, live symbiotically with our environment, how nice is that, right? If we, 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 we stop trying to, you know, we stop consciously destroying the world. Okay, no, I mean, it sounds like the ideal world, isn't it? It sounds like the utopia that I think many of us crave. And how is it that you were first introduced uh, to the concept, to uh, to uh, Glenn Albrecht? Is that, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes, I think so. Okay, okay, all right. And how were you first introduced to these concepts? I guess I was doing some research for the play um, and I, I was actually looking for a title. Okay. Uh, and... Because I think the first draft of the play was in some ways touched on this concept subconsciously. And then I found that, oh, hey, there is a term out there that that could encapsulate this story that I'm trying to tell. Okay, all right. And and talk to me about how the play does explore the idea of the symbiocene and, you know, what aspects of uh, Glenn's philosophy are incorporated into the narrative. Mm. So we do this quite literally. So in in the play, there are three characters who are 
the human characters, I suppose, who go on a journey in which they transform into these human plant animal hybrids. So through tracking this journey, I guess we kind of embody a more symbiotic relationship with, um, with, with nature, if you will. Okay. All right. And um, and I also mentioned in the uh, intro that it's described as an ecopunk tale, right? Uh, how would you describe the ecopunk genre to our listeners? So ecopunk, I guess it's like a, a cool, catchy way of saying, you know, sci-fi mm-hmm. related to nature. Okay. Uh, e- eco in ecopunk specifically refers to ecology, which is the relation of all living beings to their habitat Mm -hmm. and punk comes from cyberpunk so punk specifically refers to um, the defiance against the status quo so in the play we we try to subvert the hierarchy between humans and non-humans Okay, sounds sounds very interesting. And I, I do want to know, uh, I, mean, I, mean, I guess, you know, for anyone who's listening, they probably want to know what the story is about exactly. Would you want to give us a quick synopsis? Sure. So this, the story is, is set in 2025. So in 2025, we follow uh, a, t- a, a team of outcasts as they are sent on an expedition into Penang Padat. Penang Botanical Gardens to investigate this, you know, mysterious force that is rupturing the boundaries between human plants and animals. And in the process of their investigation, they become transformed themselves. Okay. And and that's as much as you want to tell us for now, right? Without giving too much away? I think so. <laughs> okay, all right. Got it, got it. Okay, and and just going back to the ecopunk genre, right? So how do you use that genre in the play to challenge these societal norms and uh, I guess, you know, to recenter all living things as equal? Are there any examples from the storyline that you could share? Mm, sure. Um, one thing that comes to my mind is one of the characters, Sen. Um, she She's, I guess she's a, she grew up as a, a rather precocious or or strange child, depending on who you talk to. So she has this ability to tap into the mycelial network, which is this fungal network that connects trees and allows trees to communicate. Mm -hmm. And because she has this ability, she can uh, communicate with trees. Uh, So in, in the play, we do have characters that, you know, don't particularly fall into, um, I guess, more logical ways of of being in the world. Um, so our play has three acts. And in the final act, we we explore the symbiocene. So the, the characters actually enter or arrive at the symbiocene. And in this act, um, we explore different ways of we the the actors are literally embodying different ways of being in this world that are inspired by animals and and nature that is not rooted in you know human relations that's not rooted in logic okay okay and um i do know well when i was reading your your production notes right you did say that the play uh, play draws inspiration from various sources uh including something called the southern reach trilogy uh the new weird genre and as you mentioned earlier haikus as well right how would you say these diverse influences uh, contribute to the narrative and uh the world building of symbiocene 
So the first draft of the script was highly inspired by the Southern Reach trilogy, especially the first book, Annihilation. Uh, so I borrowed the premise from that book. And in the first draft, we follow three scientists as they you know, go into uh, the forest to investigate. But I, I, I guess like after some dramaturgical explorations and questions, I realized that hmm, the science aspect of it needs to be decolonized. Okay. So then it just kickstarted this whole process of us reworking the play uh, by asking ourselves like, okay, how can we decolonize this science aspect? How how can we not limit ourselves uh, with, with science, right? Uh, because science comes from these colonial uh, frameworks. How can we incorporate it into a Malaysian context? And I think that's where we started to explore the eco-punk aspect. That's that's where we brought in the haikus as well. And and uh, to speak about the new weird genre, I think having been sort of like exposed to that genre, then as, as I wrote the play, I didn't... You know, I, I freed from myself from uh, being limited by, oh, it has to be just horror. It has to be just science fiction. Mm. It's like, no, science fiction can encapsulate all different other genres. And I think, yeah, that helps free our imagination. Okay. All right. So there sounds like a, a lot there. And I do know that it was quite, no, no, in a good way. Don't, don't make that face in a good way. I didn't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> but I do understand that it was quite a collaborative process as well, right? For writing Symbiocene, um, especially how, can you, can you talk about that a little bit, especially how the ensemble and, well, you've mentioned how the larger will sort of uh, influence the development, but yeah, how did the whole overall narrative come to be? Mm. So initially, when I casted the three actors, I didn't have any preset notions who they are going to play. So during the process, you know, I would have them read different characters, try out the skin of different characters to uh, to see, you know, to see how they wear it. And mm. then I would, after casting them, it was much easier then to add more depth to their characters based on who they are as people, what are their strengths, what are their life experiences. So during some of our rehearsal process sees like I would have, you know, one of the actors sitting next to me and then I will talk to them like, oh, how do you feel about your character having this ability? Mm. What, how do you feel about this, you know, your character doing this or that and saying this or that? And then they would, you know, give me their feedback. Oh, you know. And then I would incorporate that into the script. Okay, all right. And they, of course, were quite uh, open to, you know, uh, to giving their feedback. Uh, they had a lot of different ideas as well, which you then incorporated? Yes. Okay, awesome. And um, I do want to go back quickly to the the, the haikus, right? Because you mentioned that's like the whole third act, did you say? Or it's mostly made up? Did I get that right? Uh, yeah, a lot of the high, a lot of the third act was inspired, inspired. by haikus. Haikus, yeah. okay. And and how how does the use of haikus uh, contribute to the play's exploration? Uh, you know, of the impermanence of nature and seasons. I mean, any sort of examples you can give to us of how it's woven into the dialogue or the thematic elements. Sure. Uh, one of the haikus that we are using is, uh, it's written by an on anonymous author, but it goes, uh, a withering flower draws its last breath. Mm -hmm. 
uh, fresh roses on a grave. So this haiku has a lot of this sort of life, death, life cyclical kind of element. Okay. And um, and and I also like that you know with with plants they they inhabit a different time. You know, compared to us humans, we 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 live in a more capitalistic time, eight working hours, five days working week, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, but with plants, it's it's more durational, and it's cyclical. It's also impermanent. Mm-hmm. So then we we try to embody this this kind of time in one of the in in the third act. We have a little segment, and because our story also has a huge death. Theme, a, a death that does not mean death because you know the humans are kind of dying but they're also transforming or, or reborn as something else mm-hmm. so then we're incorporating we're layering that story with the haiku okay okay and um I do want to ask you quickly, of course, about the characters that we will meet and uh, perhaps also you know the people playing them you want to tell us a little bit about that sure um, so one of the characters, her name is uh, Sen. She, we're calling her a fungal traveler. I guess I explained earlier that she has the ability to connect to the mycelial network. So she's the one who is the most, uh, she's the first to submit herself to the symbiocene. And then we have Fern, who is a psychic who, I guess, connects to the metaphysical aspect of the symbiocene. And she's the next person to, to join the symbiocene. And finally, we have Cass, who is a park ranger who, I suppose, embodies the most human aspect of uh, among the three. And she struggled the most to to um, reckon with all these changes. She struggled to let go of, you know, her human connections, uh, her attachments, but also eventually finds her way into the symbiocene. Okay, okay. Emma, um, you know, we haven't heard from you yet, so sorry. But, you know, uh, it sounds like you've had to create quite a different looking world. I don't know. I don't know if I'm imagining that. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, the process of uh, staging uh, a production like Symbiocene. Um, so Shung and our set designer Chi Hai, they knew that they wanted the show to be as natural as possible. Um, and so we we went on like camping trips and we've done lots of foraging in the jungle to gain kind of inspiration on what our set could look like. And we've spent hours collecting wood, collecting dry leaves, stones, transporting them all the way back here. Um, and so this last week we've been prototyping our set. So we've been testing it all out. We have like a, a water element to our set as well. So making sure that all works, troubleshooting any leaks, all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think it, this process has been very different to I'd say most shows around these days. Like it's very rare that you probably go on a camping trip to prepare for a show. Yeah. Um, but I think it's been a really, a really good experience, especially for the actors as well, because a few of them have never really, they've never been camping before. They didn't have a lot of exposure to being in the environment. So it was nice for them to build their characters through that and what the environment is like, what can you smell, what can you hear? But also I think for them as people, like our show is trying to encourage people to connect back to nature. So if we can start by our team and connecting them back, then I think that's, yeah, that's that's the first step. Okay, and I, I asked Sheng about the, the cast, but maybe you want to tell me, Emma, you want to tell me about the rest of the creatives involved in the production as well? Yeah, so we've got Luchi Hai, who is our set designer as well as an actor. So he's also performing in the show. 
Um, we have Brian Chang, our lighting designer, and he's also doing projections. We have Iwaz, our sound designer, and he's also been making some music along with Sheng. Sheng's also been writing some little songs for the show. Um, and we also have SR, who's been our costume designer. But what I would say for this show is it's kind of been all hands on deck. I think that everyone has kind of been doing everything. Like, although Chihai is the set designer, Brian has been coming with us to collect collect the materials as well because he also he enjoys hiking and things like that so i think everyone has really banded together this last week shung and i have been working on the costumes as well to help sr because some of them are really quite intricate a lot of sewing a lot of like placement of fabrics so it's been a really interesting experience i think to work on all these kind of different aspects mm -hmm. rather than just stage managing for example or production managing and sending off press releases okay. <laughs> unfortunate things that must be done you know in this whole <laughs> process but yes i mean you got to go on a camping trip you got to do so many exciting things food i mean foraging forest foraging sounds exciting um and i do want to i mean you know emma for for anyone who is coming right how would you describe what they will see and what they will experience when they come watch symbiocene I would like to hope that they would see a piece of nature when they come here. We try and really make it as natural as possible. We've taken things directly from outside. We've tried not to buy anything, to spend you know, money on this. We've tried not to damage the environment as much as we can while also getting the look that we want. Um, so I hope that when they come, they feel a little piece of that. Um, and I'd like to hope that it will encourage them to seek out more things like this, to go to rivers and waterfalls and to connect back to the nature. And, you know, um, in, in Xiang's, um director's statement, right, she she mentioned some real world sort of environmental concerns, right? Uh, you know, as far as you're concerned, Emma, you know, how do the how does the play actually address these issues? You know, what messages or calls to action are embedded in the narrative, uh, you know, that as far as you're concerned? Um, so I think we, at the very beginning, we kind of made the decision that we were trying to trying to be as conscious as we can about what we buy and what we what we make and what we take from the environment um, as much as it is like a, a budget thing trying to cut down cut down costs but mm -hmm. also we want to limit our impact that's why we've been foraging the fabric we use for the costumes has all been borrowed or we went to secondhand shops like JBR bundle um, so we're really trying to reuse everything you know our set has got pots it's got bricks from outside that we found um, so I think we're really trying to kind of cut down on what we've spent and fabric like fabric waste is like a huge issue so when we can cut back on that it's been I think it's we're trying our best to to cut back as much as we can whilst also yeah keeping the look that we want and Shung's vision okay it, it sounds excellent and a sustainable play I mean I don't think we, we there's something we don't often discuss you know uh, how to make even production sustainable and as uh, as zero waste as possible in that sense right so you know great great job guys and um, Sheng I do also want to ask you uh, just one last question you know in uh, in your director's statement you mentioned the state of Klantan right uh, you want to just tell us you know what it is about Klantan that inspired you as well uh, for this play I think when I when I read about you know this uh, the news, I, I felt sad, right, when I, when I read about this, and and I think this speaks to how um, how people sometimes don't like how easily it is to make a decision to to cut something down, to cut a tree down, to to just um, take things away, um, and and I think that is 
really at, at the heart of this play is that we're we're trying to celebrate uh, life in all its forms. We're, we're trying to be respectful of, uh, even if we don't understand, even if, you know, trees are very different from, you know, uh, humans, or even if we are very different from animals, that, you know, we can find a, a meeting point in, in which we, uh, I keep going back to this idea of of living together because mm. I, I think that I think that's important, right? I think it's important that we find a way to uh, to connect with 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 differences, um, and we we find a way to I don't know I want to say on, honor our our environment because yeah. we're 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 not the only ones here mm. and. And we do share our ecosystem with all these other living beings, and and that's important to remember. I guess I could just also add that like everything is connected. People cut down the trees to make space, but then they wonder why there's landslides. You know, landslides. like all of this is connected. Yeah. Exactly, and then it, it directly impacts people again. And then you cut down the trees, and it displaces all the animals, and you have wildlife-human conflict. So all of these things are connected, and I think people feel like the understanding of how these all, all these things are connected is not quite there yet um okay yeah the interconnectedness mm. uh-huh yeah i mean yeah exactly whatever we do to <clears throat> to nature comes back to impact us in whatever way you know as far as like i mean even the forest in klantan right that will come that is you know where our water sources come from you know our our you know endangered wildlife is there we're working so hard to try and protect it and yet at the same time there are all these other strange policies happening that you know counter everything that we're supposedly working towards so it's a very strange sort of like um way of thinking lah, that we have at the moment so hopefully you know, hopefully we can centre back to what's important. Uh, and I think the play will be a great first step for people uh, to to do that, to reconnect. So um, Symbiosin is happening very, very soon. It's happening from the 1st to the 3rd of December. It's happening over at the Black Box in Damansara Performing Arts Centre in Damansara Padana. Ticket prices range, uh, ticket prices are 68 ringgit for concession tickets or uh, tickets for students and 78 ringgit for regular tickets. You can also buy a bulk of four tickets at uh 280 ringgit. You can find out more information at DPAC's official website. So that's dpac.com.my. Uh, but if you'd like to purchase your tickets, that could that should be done at cloudjoy.com. That's cloudjoy.com. Sheng, Emma, thank you so much for joining me today. Any last message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Join us in the symbiocene. Yay. Okay, well, looking forward to seeing you guys on stage. Uh, my thanks again to my guests. I was speaking to Lim Sheng Hui, the writer, director and co-producer of Symbiosin, and Emma Martin, the production manager and stage manager. Sorry, I forgot to ask, is there a social media page where we can follow uh, the production or anything like that, like Symbiosin? Yeah, I think it's uh, Symbiosin underscore play. And that's on Instagram? Yes. Okay, so Symbiosin underscore play uh, on Instagram if you'd like to follow you guys. But if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.